0: I can't make my staff fearless, but I can make them trust me so they know that I am fearless and therefore that trust empowers them to do what they need to do. That's the only thing we can do for them.
1: Welcome back to the 5th Wave Podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, Editor-in-Chief of 5th Wave. This week, we're back in New York City for the New York Coffee Festival 2023. New York is a creative and economic powerhouse and one of the most caffeinated cities on the planet. Over the next three days, we're bringing you exclusive interviews with the founders of three highly successful boutique coffee businesses, all based in New York City. Gumschen Coffee, Variety Coffee Roasters, and 787 Coffee. First up, we speak with Hazel De Los Reyes and Claire Lim, co-founders of Gumshan Coffee. Founded over 20 years ago in Sydney, Australia, Gumshan Coffee came to Brooklyn in 2018 and now has three stores and a roastery in NYC and also has a site in Singapore. In this conversation, we discuss their belief in the, in the transformational power of coffee globally, the lessons they've learned in setting up in New York City, and the importance of being fearless and inspiring trust within your teams welcome
2: thank you thank you for having
1: us here i wonder if you could give us a little background on yourselves and the company that you created all the way back in australia
2: yes our roots are in australia as coffee alchemy which is a roastery and we also have a cafe there and our sister shop in the cbd of sydney we're now here in new york we've expanded we've set up a roastery And we have the cafe here in Industry City, Midtown, and Broadway.
1: What was the process that you went through to evaluate New York City as a place to to do business in?
2: We asked ourselves, what's the place that is most challenging? Mm. It was a no-brainer. We said both to ourselves, New York. Claire was really into the idea and I was a bit more wary of it. And then Claire goes, how about we go there? we have never been.
1: Oh, You'd never been. So you decided no. to set up a business no. in New York City without ever visiting it.
2: Mm. Within two weeks of having that conversation, we landed at JFK. We visited a lot of cafes, had a feel for New York. And we thought, yeah, let's do this. Mm. So that was the start.
1: And what was the original idea?
2: The idea was to
0: build a roastery like what we did in Australia to do wholesale and online and to really make an impact and we've been very lucky
2: in that sense that's why we called ourselves Gumption Coffee it's hard work but it's also seeing a path from where you are right now to where you want to be hard work will get you there but also being able to map out the course yeah and that's what Gumption is about and also a willingness to learn Mm. And grow from there. It's like, I know we'll come across certain things that we don't know about, but hey, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. When we first came here in 2016 to check
0: out New York, we realized that our coffee, Gumption Coffee, would work here because we genuinely believe that when customers drink our coffee, they get superpowers. Mm. Superpowers to do what they were afraid to do, what they didn't have the courage to do or
2: what they were hesitating. We've always believed. We're coffee alchemy. Yeah. You know, for people, it's just coffee. But for us, it's an elixir. It's a beverage that has the ability to transform. You can take it literally and say, the elixir of life, maybe it is. Liquid gold, perhaps it is. We do believe that. So translate it into everyday. If you're a coffee drinker, you got many things on today. And if the coffee that you get first thing in the morning is every bit the beverage that you expect it to be, it's delicious, it's hot, it's got sweet, comforting notes. And then that is all that it takes for you to go, okay, great. I can go through today and suddenly you have a productive, positive mindset. And that for me is the transformative power of coffee. And that's how we fit into people's lives. New Yorkers have so many things going on all the time and they need gumption to deal with those things. And much like Sydney side, Australians will go to a coffee shop many times in the day. They it's a transition. You go to it, you know, power up, fuel up and then continue. And That's probably what attracted us to New York. It's exactly what New Yorkers are.
0: We're really alchemists and hence coffee alchemy. And then gumption, because after you have the elixir of life, you need that gumption to actually continue.
1: So you're operating three shops in the city? Yes. yes. As well as a roastery and your online platform. Do you think you're going to be opening more shops? Yes.
2: That was the idea. We opened this cafe and roastery, the very first one here in December 2018. And then we all know what happened in 2020. And that was something nobody, anyone in the world was expecting. And we didn't know the scope of the impact until we were right smack into it. And even now we're still kind of like, being surprised by the ramifications of it long-term. So that stopped us in our tracks for a bit. Mm-hmm. However, we're back now. Yeah. And things are kind of falling back into the normal course of things. However, somehow the world has changed. Yeah. Before COVID, mm-hmm. the weekday was Monday to Friday. Monday was a hectic first day back at work. But now that seemed to have changed. It's the new work week that you can expect and rely on will be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday is one of those days where people, you know, decide that they can work from home and Monday as well to bookend the weekend with. So how do we then evolve and participate in that and become viable in that ever-changing landscape is a challenge. I guess you always need to be adaptable mm-hmm. and willing to learn, willing to change. And I guess that's how we've always been.
1: So, coming all the way from Australia, mm-hmm. uh, what other obstacles have you encountered or how have you had to sort of modify your modus operandi? In New York or in the States,
2: I don't think they're obstacles. I I, I think they culturally speaking they're just differences, I guess. And in a way, you always look at that in a curious way because it's something mm. new and something you can learn. I guess the uh, the work culture is different, and in Australia, Australians take their coffee very seriously. The baristas take the coffee very seriously. So we came from that culture, but when we got here, it's quite refreshing how different things are. Yep. The Brewsters are curious, but they don't kind of geek out to the extent where it's geeking for geeking out, sake. Yeah. The baristas here have other interests, which is great. And it's a matter of how to fit in with that and how to maximize, how to fit coffee into their lives. I think it's made us better operators because it was the sort of
0: thing that we wanted. We wanted the challenge. And we wanted the challenge in every aspect. So we came in here knowing nothing was going to be easy. But you learn to go, oh, this is difficult, but it's an opportunity. And I, I like to say that I love mistakes. There was no negative or positive. It was like, all right, solution, bang. Can this work? Can that work? Yep, move on, next. And it made us more efficient. It made us look at our operations globally and we
2: became solutions-focused.
1: New York seems like a very efficient city. Time's very important.
2: Yeah, time's very important, but in a way, they're also very adaptive. Whatever that's around that you can use to be efficient. And that's what I like about America. They're very pragmatic. They're very solutions-focused. There's no standing on ceremony or anything like that. It's like, what needs to get done, let's do it. Yeah, And it doesn't matter the vehicle or it doesn't matter, you know, the process. The outcome is important.
1: Yeah. Any mistakes that you, you know, in the in your, well, relatively short time here in New York City, although six, seven years now of trading here, um, any things that you go, that, that that was something that we had to really move away from.
2: I, I, I don't think so, because one of the questions that you were asking is the best advice I got given. I think long ago, while you know we were still a shop, uh, just one shop in, in Marrickville, I came across an advice, you know, stick to your oats. Mm-hmm. And I guess I've hel- held on to that deeply. Whatever you do, stick to your oats, stick to what you believe and be yourself, be true to yourself. So I guess that has so far informed my next move, what I need to do. Is this something I'm wholeheartedly into? And I guess when you have that mindset, you don't come across mistakes that you were really regretful of. If there's any setbacks, it's just a matter of course correction. How about you, Claire?
0: Well, the mistake would be fear. And I've learned... To be fearless. Right. It's very easy to say. It's very, very hard to do. It's very easy to tell yourself to be fearless. And when you are, when you find the center of being fearless, you find solutions. You find everything working out because there's clarity.
1: Mm -hmm. I guess thinking leadership now with your teams. Hmm that fearlessness gives a certain confidence to your team. Yes,
2: yes. But it's also trying to impart that fearlessness. I guess as a leader, you you kind of know where you want to steer the ship to. Mm. And it's a matter of getting everybody on the same page with that. But I guess with the team that we have, because they care a lot, and this is where, you know, the care factor is high, they... They want to make mistakes. They want to do right by you or by their colleagues. And so they're hampered more by these considerations. And I guess it's just a matter of, again, imparting to them, you know, so long as your solutions focused, we're going to work together on this. And imparting that kind of fearlessness is, I guess, the challenging bit.
0: I can't make my staff fearless but I can make them trust me so they know that I am fearless. And therefore that trust empowers them to do what they need to do. That's the only thing we can do for them.
2: But I think it's sort of like part and parcel of being a business owner because you're not just responsible for your business, you are responsible for the people in your business. And impacts on your business will have impact on these people. So that's probably where a sense of responsibility and duty goes into you know you have a duty of care to these people and you need to carry that out responsibly Uh, i guess that is you know partnered with fearlessness and you come out having a hopefully responsible ethical organization that people believe in and like to work in
1: Mm. have you um brought any other sort of senior team members on to the to the team
2: well Jeff, you know what it's like. You're a global operation and you're an active participant, executive partner in everything that you do. I mean, Claire and I were both bewailing the fact that we need to delegate, delegate, delegate. We both have the same problem. Mm. We've always had that need to be engaged mm. with mm. the people that make our business. I completely agree. I think. Being
0: hands-on does not always mean that you're actually doing the task, but you're making sure that the task gets done in a way that is beneficial to everybody in the organization. That is, for me, delegation. I think that's really important to be able to step back, and I, I think it is knowing your staff, knowing their strengths, knowing
2: where their limits are, And I'm always pushing them. I think you cannot overstate the importance of technology. I think, you know, they give you connection to your teams. They give you tools. They give you prompts. Like, I still do the green buying for Sydney. And we have an app that monitors the inventory Mm -hmm. levels in Sydney. And it also, it gives me a glimpse of the cupping scores of the team there. Where. Every day around four o'clock here, it means in Sydney, the roasters are coming in to start roasting. That's when, you know, yeah. my communication with New Yorkers is starting to stop. Communication in Sydney is starting to heat up. Yeah. Um, technology has so far enabled that, which is great. I don't think we would have achieved, you know, being able to manage a multinational. Operation without technology being part and parcel of that.
1: What's the trading landscape like in New York at the moment?
2: The global economy
0: is not in its best state right now. And New York is definitely not excluded from that. We just grab what we can get, right? Whatever opportunity we can get from here, let's do it. Let's be proactive
2: about it. After COVID, then we had the shortage of staff. Now, staff are back, but then it's the supplies are also short. And because supplies are short, then obviously prices have blown up. And some prices have kind of tended to stick. So, a lot of those things are are, are impacting in, in a way. And um, yeah, what I like about New York in particular is just that you have no qualms about how hungry you can be. Yeah. So, you just hustle. Yeah. And for me, it's kind of a new skill or new mindset that, for me, it's a positive thing.
1: Yeah. So the future for Gumshin, what do you think you'll be focusing on the next three to five years ahead?
0: We have a collaboration with this company called Otomo Coffee, okay. and it's beanless coffee. We believe sustainability, the environment is something that really needs to happen yesterday. And the upcycling of post-production products really kind of bring forward what the world is going to end up doing so we're very excited about
2: this, there's great synergy between the two organisations it's an alchemy in a different way it has transformative powers Mm. but at the same time it does not come to the cost of the earth so that's why the partnership works
1: Claire and Hazel, thanks so much for joining us here today on Fifth Wave.
2: Thank you so much.
1: And that's all for this week's Fifth Wave podcast. Please subscribe to Fifth Wave wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this show, please recommend us to a friend or colleague. And if you want to stay informed, visit worldcoffeeportal.com to get access to all the latest global coffee news, including the weekly coffee dose, our newsletter collecting all the big coffee news stories of the week. This episode was recorded in PT Knitwear Studio on Orchard Street in New York City. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, Hannah Heath, and sound engineering by Chris Brister. And this week's song, in collaboration with the Coffee Music Project, is New York Makes Me Cry by New York based artist, Abrielle Scharf. And until next time, stay safe, stay passionate, and I hope you enjoy the New York Coffee Festival.
3: Every day, cage birds sing. Where'd you get that voice? Where'd you get those? those From ATMs and strangers' pockets, where our hearts like broken lockets. Tattoo the name, try to wash it off. Take the long way and miss your star. And getting lost. Say you'll give it one more try. Tattoo the name, try to wash it off. Take the long way and miss your stop. Gonna put up a good fight. New York makes me cry.